Yo, yo. We are back. It's the Hanging at the House podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Watt, Vision House Studios. And on today's episode, we have a connoisseur, a man of many talents, and an all-around just awesome individual, one of my Full Sail family members, the one and only Demo Casanova. Yes, yes, yes. Great to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. You know, enjoying the day, enjoying all the the, the new freedoms that we're finding ourselves in this new day and age. (laughs) New freedoms. We have more time than we realize, than we realize in a day to get more things done now that you're not on somebody else's clock. And yeah, oh yeah. Uh, while we're talking about the clock, let's get right into that. I listened to you say before, and I think you heard it from somebody else as well. It was a really good quote said, Things aren't real until you schedule them. And when you work for yourself, you have to schedule those things because when you are an employee of somebody else, they will schedule those for you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, I've always been a good proponent that you gotta, you gotta, people say, you know, you manage good time. You know, like, man, you, you got real good time management. I always see you always real busy. And I always tell people, like, you know, it's, it's, you can't really manage time. Time isn't manageable. Time is just time. And what you can manage, though, is your activities. And I've always been really good about that, especially, like, when it's come to my music and, and, and just in my professional life, I've always been pretty good at that. It's something I had to work on in the beginning, but I've developed it to a point now that, um, you know, I fill up my day with activities that are towards an outcome that I want. And it's true. If you don't fill up those activities, somebody will fill them up for you. Like you got to schedule in time to do the things you want to do. And, you know, even if that's just sitting down and watching the Netflix series, you know, like if you don't schedule that time, you're like, yeah, I've been really wanting to watch this thing and I haven't been able to watch it. Because every time I get caught up with kids or I get caught up with doing stuff at work or I get caught up in my hustle and it's like, man, I don't got no time for myself. You know, oh, yeah. of course not. But if you schedule it, you'll be able to do it. So I'm a big proponent of that, man. You got to schedule your activities. Yeah, absolutely. I've been living by that for a while since my psychology of play class uh, taught me that mm. because I was really bad at it before and I've gotten better at it since then. And being a married man for a very long time, my wife will schedule some things for me if I don't give her a schedule of the things that I have planned. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So in order to keep, oh, yeah. in order to keep that running fully geared up and gassed and oiled properly, then I have to have a schedule. So outside of that, it, it works in many capacities. How would you, well, how would you rate that on a scale of one to ten? when it comes to being successful in any aspect of life as far as scheduling? Um, I mean, man, if you, you can be, well, here's the thing. If I believe if you want to be really successful, you gotta, you, you gotta have some sense of discipline and scheduling is part of that discipline. So if, if you, if you know, okay, I want to get from point A to point B, and you know, I really want to get to point B. But if you don't schedule in the activities and have the discipline to follow that schedule in order to get to B, you'll never get there. You'll always keep kind of lollygagging. You might get close to it, but you'll keep falling and you'll be stuck at A. And discipline is that thing. You got to be able to give yourself a command and then follow that command. And that's really all discipline is. So if you have a set schedule, 
or a schedule that works for you that has goal setting activities towards that. And you stick to it and then you stick with the discipline saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do today and this is how I'm going to do it and I'm going to go. It's only a matter of time till you're able to achieve the things you want. And I'm not saying you got to live your life filled with schedule and activities because, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of room for letting life present things to you. But if you really want to accomplish things in life and really, really go after the things that you think about in your head and and really desire, then if you schedule them, it's only a matter of time until they happen. But you got to stick. You got to have the discipline to stick to the schedule. It's like the the other side of the coin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That discipline is key with anything as far as success goes. Like I listened to you talk about uh, Timberland, who's somebody you worked mm-hmm. with for a very long time, and I've been a fan of since I can remember. He's influenced a lot of my music over the years, yeah. and to see him going from um, fade to black. And that that one scene with dirt off your shoulders, you know, to watching him on IG, I'm like, this dude is serious. Like, is he going to the NFL right now? Is he trying out for somebody's <laughs> team? Because, you know, yeah, the, the discipline and wherewithal for that guy was was something that that I took to another aspect to be like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just takes the the understanding of that discipline to make it happen. And you can have fun and all that along the way. You can have fun scheduling. You could schedule fun time. <laughs> you know, schedule relaxation time. Well, you know, most people, when they listen to scheduling, they, they think, I, I don't want them to walk away thinking that it just means towards professional and work-related things. Like, you're right. If scheduling fun things to do, like actually scheduling vacations. You know, most people, I was, I was visiting a friend of mine recently, and her mother, um, Meanwhile, Ian, her mother shares some with me. She says, you know, I haven't, every year I keep missing my paid vacation. I guess she has her job. She had two weeks paid leave. And she goes, I always miss it. And I said, well, you must really love working. She <laughs> says, yeah. But I just, by the time I get, I, re, I remember it, it's, I'm already past due. Like, it's already out to the next year. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it this year. And she's like, I have to remember. And she said, what do you think I should do? I said, well, just <laughs> figure out what you want to do with that time. She had 14 days after three years. She had never taken any of those, and they're paid. But she just never took the time to schedule it. So what happened? Her work, her life, everything else filled in the activities, and she kept missing um, those two weeks of paid vacation. So, yes, not only schedule the professional growth area, but the personal growth fun area. I try to schedule two or three times a year things fun like bucket list kind of things. Like I, li- I like to climb mountains. That's my that's one of the hobbies I picked up in the in my later years now in life. And um, every year I schedule at least one. I schedule that a year ahead. So I'll climb it and when I come back from my climb I schedule the next one. Oh that's dope. I always schedule a week, two week full kind of crazy vacation. So it might be like going um well this year was supposed to be going uh scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. But yeah. I, I try to do something like that. So you got to schedule fun time, man. Because if not, shoot, you're always working and you're missing out on the other part of life. Yeah, Enjoy. yeah. And, and kids will do that to you too. For the people who have kids that's listening, you know. And this guy's a life coach, business coach, solid advice. And and not only is he giving solid advice, he's living proof of that advice. So mm-hmm. all the way around, it's like. You can't really lose in that aspect. No. Next thing is creatively. What What are you doing creatively lately? Well, 
I've been doing a bunch of stuff lately just because, um, as you all, as, as you know now, you know, um, a lot of us, most of us, we've had this uh, abundance of time <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> and uh, I've taken on new crafts and new things that I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to build a online university kind of aspect, kind of teaching people some of the things I've learned in business, some of the things that I've learned uh, myself in awareness and in consciousness and in growth. So I've been working on that, and that's a that's a big creative process for me because I've never done anything of the sort like that, and uh, that's that's been a lot of fun. So I've been working on that. I've been uh, working on music. I haven't worked on music in that that much. I've been doing more management the last couple of years, but uh, I have a band with another full sale grad, Rashad Wiggins, called Occam's Razor. Shout and now we're working Rashad. on some music together. Yeah, Rashad is the man. So me and Rashad are working on an album right now that we're, we're really close to finishing. We just got to go mix, really, at this point. Oh, dope. And then I have another young lady that I managed in Virginia still, so we're putting out her first single. She's like a... I would say the closest thing I would relate to her is like more like Selena. Oh, okay. Like Mexican pop, mariachi kind of style. Yeah. So it's a lot different from things that people are used to hearing from me. I like to stay challenged in, in my endeavors, and uh, management is not something I've done a lot in my career. But I've taken it on at certain points, and I'm finding it now to be a very creative process, having to come up with new ways to put music out. And especially now, there's no touring really happening. So it's how do we, how, how do we develop those revenue streams that were once kind of the, the, the lifeline to most artists? I mean, really making that much money outside of touring. Like you always can make money doing shows. And now not having that is finding new creative ways to... Um, to be able to get another revenue stream that has to do with a performance aspect in a virtual world. So it's been a lot of fun. I've been staying actually quite busy inside my, uh, my little space that I've been <laughs> operating. In. So I've been kind of been working a lot in, in the digital space for a while. So it's, 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 it hasn't been that big of a change to me, but adding these new aspects of it has been a big change. It's been challenging. So it's been good. That's cool. That's cool. Multiple streams of revenue new creative ways to express yourself. I remember we talked at Full Sail. You was like, man, I haven't done any music in so long. And that was like the day before everybody got locked down and flights were shutting down, you know, when we were hanging out in the uh, in the circle over there on campus. So yeah. to, to hear that on the other side now, it's like, yeah, I've been working on music. I'm like, okay, I'm excited about I, that. People, that's what I, I, tell, I tell people, like, I, I'm kind of, that's how I've kind of worked my whole career. Like in the beginning, when I first got into the game, you know, you have to hustle to get yourself into a spot where you're making a living. So the first four or five years, that's really what you're doing. And for most people, it's like six years. I say it, it took me about seven years to really be in a place where I was financially good. I, I had a good reputation. I was really comfortable in my craft. And man, I, I did that probably my first seven, eight years. I was hustling nonstop. And then I, I took three years off. I just stopped making music. I went and explored other things in life. And then I got re-inspired and I went back in for another five years where I was just grinding, grinding, grinding. And then I, I broke off, took another three years off. And then I decided to start doing more management stuff. And then I took a couple months off. I was like six months where I hadn't done much. And I don't, I, I believe you should have to force things. Yeah. You know, like I always see like people, they try to like beat the paint. And I used to believe that was the way to do things. We're like, oh man, you just gotta keep keep going at it, keep going at it, keep going at it. And I just found that's just a lot of energy spent unnecessarily. So I don't try to force things. So if I'm not inspired to work on something, I will delegate the things that I'm not inspired to do. I will oversee them and give direction. 
And I'll just stay back and go do something else I'm inspired to do. So luckily this pandemic has put me in a spot where it's like, man, I, I'm inspired. Cause I'm like, oh shoot, there's, there's, it's such a great time to be in the music industry right now, I think, because the playing field is level for everybody. Yeah. Like the same thing that, you know, A-class artists have to do are the same thing underground artists have to do. We're yeah. all on the same revenue streams. They might have more connections and exposure, but we're all playing in the same field right now. And I think it's, it is an awesome time to get into the music business. Personally. Yeah. And then, you know, on the aspect of, uh, there's so much content being created now that needs music, and it's a time for you to be able to get into that. I think you were in a in a in a great spot as far as time wise, like right place at the right time for having your career be so organic. And I'm one as well. It's like when something when I start on something, if it's whack, I'll stop. I'll go do something else. I'm like, man. Instead of forcing and trying to push it, and you you typically are able to sleep better at night. Yeah, that's great. And so the new music, the Latin pop, uh-huh. and managing artists. Yeah. How much of a transition do you see yourself going through in the foreseeable future? To let's say, how do you see yourself staying in that, or we're gonna? kind of be water i mean i yeah man i'm i my life is water <laughs> i just go with the flow of things i do things until i don't want to do them anymore and then i stop doing them so um as long i i i'm disciplined enough to stay with my commitments but i don't overcommit myself and you know for instance with managing with some of the artists i'm working that i'm doing management for if i find another manager that can do better than me i just pass it on to them you know so I'm only doing it as long as I can provide value and I enjoy doing it because that's, yeah. how, that's how you get the best out of me. Okay. But yeah, man, I just go with the flow. I let, I let, I let life kind of run its course and I just um, just kind of go with where it's taking me. Enjoy the ride. And uh, sidebar, mountain climbing, what's the next mountain? Well, we're going to be Baker. I was going to do Baker this year. That's in uh, the northwest, um, upper Washington State, in the upper northwest. Okay. I like climbing there a lot. So I'm gonna do that in Mount Shuxton, which are both uh, Shuxton's a 10,000 feet mountain, and then uh, Baker's 12 or 11, 7 or 12. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, um, you know, now I start tra- I'll start training again, ferociously probably in November, and then you know, I for next July. Okay, that's my plan at least. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good time. I like to ride mountain bikes. I'll get on a bike and go. <laughs> And and so I understand <laughs> that some trails and then I'm a Jeep owner, so we go on the trails in the Jeep. So th- there's options with that. And th- okay, so the next question would be for uh, the engineers out there, right? Because you've been a part yep. of some great sessions, like phenomenal music. Just for anybody that doesn't know who he is, we can run a lot of that down, or you can Google his name, and believe me. It it is <laughs> unbelievable at a certain point um, to be a part of some of my favorite albums I've listened to that influenced a lot of stuff for me at least. As far as the engineers out there go, what would what are three key takeaways that you've experienced have been a part of, especially with like Madonna? You know, some of those sessions would have to be yeah. how three things 
as far as engineering goes on those tracks that are like a staple? Uh, Engineering-wise, I would say, well, the engineering game has changed so much. In the first 10 years of my career, it changed a lot. In the last 10 years that I've been in it, it's been um, been kind of consolidated in a way. And I think the biggest takeaways now for people that are engineers is for one, get really good and have your, have your sound, like have your own, um, your setup where you've gotten really good at creating a sound. Still understand the medium that you work with. I still, I still preach that. Like if you work in Pro Tools and you should know Pro Tools like the back of your just be able to tech it. If you work in Logic, if you work in Ableton, whatever it is, like know that to the best of your ability. And, just work hard when you go into sessions, like always deliver, treat everybody like they're Madonna or they're Cardi B or they're whoever the artist is that you most admire. Like for me, it wouldn't matter to me if I was working in a $10 million studio or if I was working in a $10 studio, you know, it didn't matter to me if I was working with a pop star or if I was working with whoever was paying me that day, whether it was, you know, $10,000 for the day or whether it was $10 for that day. As soon as you were paying me, I treated everyone like there's a superstar. And a lot of those people that I treated that way in the beginning of my career ended up becoming superstars. Mm. You know, like Carrie Hilson. Carrie Hilson, when I met Carrie Hilson, she, she was she was just a girl who wrote songs that Timbaland and Polo met. And she's quirky crazy ghostwriter. Yeah, you would never you would have never thought. Like I I obviously I thought and so did Timbaland and everybody else. But if you met her down the street, you'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. And to me, she became a superstar. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've met a lot of people like throughout my life that like that, that they were, you, you would have never known. And then when they finally got the opportunity to pop. And, you know, because I treated her and worked with her a certain way, you know, I worked on three albums with her and worked mm-hmm. on some of her bigger hits. So, man, treat everybody like they're a superstar. That's probably the big thing. Know your gear and be professional at all times. And that that will get you further than understanding engineering quality and technique because you can train your ear to know as long as you know what distortion sounds like and you're distorting <laughs> everything. Then I mean, and that that's actually like a sound now, so it, it, yeah. it could be cool for certain things. But it, it's more understanding professionalism, delivery, and being really good at your gear. I think is 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 the takeaways I would I would tell people to focus on from an engineering standpoint. Yeah, because like you said, the playing field is level now. So, you know, to learn your DAW, uh, I've been having a lot of conversations about, you know, the argument over Pro Tools being standard. And I feel like personally that Pro Tools is not the biggest dog in the yard. They're the most seasoned, but it's so much technology. It's like digital voodoo out there now. And it's unbelievable what you can do. So to focus so much and i came from i mean even you know from analog gear i'm i know you with the motif and the asrs and mpcs and stuff like that it's like it's a different world now so it's not necessarily about the gear it's about what you can do with it so that's why i asked about yeah. you know your key takeaway so learning your doll and knowing the tools that you have to work with that's really dope yeah man like there's a lot of like rashad uses sl studio you know and um, he he does amazing stuff on that. And I I I used to 
be like, well, you, you should, it, no matter what DAW use, you should know Pro Tools. And, and that's not the case anymore. Like, there's a lot of great albums that aren't done in Pro Tools. Like, Pro Tools has lost a lot of stock in the last couple of years. And I still, I, I love Pro Tools. I still use it and still am an advocate for it. But you don't, you don't necessarily need to know Pro Tools in order to be in the music industry. You need to know what you know and you need to be really good at it. Yeah. And if you do that, good night, you know. Yeah. Good night, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and so my next question would be the balance question. I know you talk a lot about just balance in general and being thankful and energy. So to tie into what you said about how you treat people as a staple, you know, that I think that contributes heavily to the energy in the room when you do go into a session. And how you treat people, and mm-hmm. that in turn reflects how the project comes out. So, can you speak on that? Yeah. Well, when you, I believe every human being should come from you, you just as soon as you wake up in the morning, you should just be grateful that you had that opportunity to wake up. So, I try to live within that energy as much as possible. You know, I'm a human being. There's things that sometimes irk me and agitate me, and and sometimes, you know, I, I can have my moments where, you know, I might take things for granted for a little bit, but I try not to stay there that long. And I definitely, when I start my day, or especially when I go into an opportunity, like a session with someone that I'm working with that I don't want to work on, or something comes up, I come from that place of being in a state of gratitude. And what that does, when you live in that place, you don't let worry, tension, and all that stuff come into your, your field of existence. So when you go into a room, when you're coming from a place of gratitude, appreciation, you just radiate a different kind of energy and calmness. And a lot of people aren't like that. So when you're in that place, it, it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of artists that I've worked with that they, I, I think they've worked with me more, not necessarily because of my technical ability or even my musical, my musicality. It's because I brought a sense of calmness and balance to the session. You know, like you have people that are really wild but then I come in and I'm not, I'm, I am very exciting and extroverted human being, but in a professional setting, I, I usually stay very calm. It's just, it's my, my natural MO is where I live at is in a calm place. So having that kind of balance bring into our session, there's so much to that because people like having that around. People like people that are, they see it as almost like confidence. That's kind of for, for people that aren't super conscious. They'll look at that and be like, wow, man, you're very confident. It's like, yeah, I'm confident, but I'm, it's not that I'm not necessarily confident. I'm just cool knowing that everything's going to work out, you know, because I'm grateful because everything's already worked out to this point. So I have no reason not to believe that things aren't going to work out for me going forward. That's so dope. It, yeah, so I, I believe... Go ahead. That energy... Yeah, the energy, exactly. I like to believe that the energy is everything. You know? Yeah, I, I think that energy can be contagious, too. That that good energy, you know, we, we tend to say what is it, misery loves company and bad energy is contagious. But I think at least recently from my personal experience is that positive energy is becoming more contagious because people want to feel better. People want a sense of relief, you know, in whatever's going on. And I really love, you said it's worked up. Everything's worked out up until now. So why wouldn't it continue to work out rather than that perspective, you know, is how you see it is that perspective of, um, like you said, you know, all in how is something good or bad. It's really neither. It's your perspective of it. And I was like, ah, you're right. 
That's yeah, I, I don't believe anything is good or bad. I believe it's just a perspective you, you tend to hold because there's been times that I've had experiences in my life with, that I thought were like end of the world. I mean, I think everybody, anybody that's listening to this, can think of a time when something happened and at the time that it happened, it was like the worst thing in the world that could happen. Like your girl broke up with you or your husband got divorced from you or you lost your job or something. At that time, it was like, oh my God, it's like the worst thing ever. But then when you look back in hindsight, you're like, God, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. God, I'm so glad that girl broke up with me. God, can you imagine if, if we would have got married or God, I'm so glad my husband got divorced. He was talking about having a baby. He's a loser. Like, God, I could have been stuck at that job and I would have never made more than 50000 And look, now I found my dream job and I'm making 85000 or making 100000 So, I don't believe anything is good or bad. I just think it's all perspective-based, and you can change your perspective. So when something bad happens, you're just, you're just focusing on the bad perspective of it. But you can look at the good perspective of it, because it's both there. So, and to touch on what you said earlier, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's an old anecdote that misery does love company. And, and it's true. There's some people that they just love being miserable. And we all know, I've known somebody like that, where they always complain in, they always, you know, complaining about this, and seeing this, they're doing that, they're feeling like the world is falling down on them, everything bad happens to them, and they just, that's, that's just where they want to operate from. However, notice that most of the time, conscious people, like when you're around somebody that's negative, that's complaining, that like you know, like, you're like God, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here for too long. Or like, God, this person is the worst. Like, you want to leave that. But when you're with a person that's calm, cool, collective, you know, they got good vibes, they're humorous, they're the same jokes, like, you, you don't want to leave that. You like being around that. Yeah, no doubt. So I believe more positive vibes are more infectious than, than the negative ones. To, to compound on that, during COVID, what is your favorite snack? Say it again? What's your favorite snack while you trapped in the house during COVID? What's been my favorite? Man, you know what I just got put on to? And I don't usually eat, like, um, junk food. But I've been I've been I've been tearing up a little bit of junk food here and there. <laughs> but man, they got these Dorito hot 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 lemon. Like oh, the Doritos, hot, they like hot lime, uh, spicy yeah. lime, or something like that. that. One. Yeah, the, I, the hot the hot spicy. It's a green. It's a green real. Man, I've been on those. <laughs> I saw that bag, but it's I wasn't crazy. sure about it yet. So I was like, mm. Yo, but, yeah, I've been on those. It's funny. I was because um, I don't. Before I didn't watch a lot of TV. Now I got, you know, I got, I've had some time on my hands. So I've, I've been, you know, I've been indulging myself in some television. It's been wild. I was telling people the other day, I'm like, man, I've watched more television in the last month or two than I have in the last 15 years. I, I didn't even have a television in my house. So it's, it's wild. I've been really like enjoying it, you know? And um, I haven't really watched commercials. So I didn't really know what was going on. I, and I saw those because Post Malone is in the commercial. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I saw him in the store. And when I was buying them, I'm like, I'm just buying this because I saw the commercial. It was <laughs> I was going to that bottle. But they were good, man. They were good. They're like, they're green and they're like hot, hot and lemon. I, I saw the bag. You know, I haven't bought. So how many bags you bought? Two, but that's about as much as I'm going to eat. You know? <laughs> that's about two. That's it. That's all I'm going to do after that, man. You, I gotta, you paused you know, for a second. Just, like you was, you was thinking about that third bag, but you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it either. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill, man. This, this stuff will add up to you after a while. <laughs> yeah, it'll add up when we're sitting around uh, typing on the keyboard and doing Zoom meetings and whatnot. So, Man. Uh, and that was, okay, Absolutely. 
So I have a segment on the show that I want you to be a part of that is near the end of the show, which we're about wrapping up, and it's called Say It To My Face. So for anybody that's unfamiliar, we take this term of Say It To My Face, which usually has a negative connotation, and we flip it around in the other direction. So what that means is you, mm-hmm. you're going to give a statement or heartfelt whatever you want to do for some, just think about somebody for two seconds that you haven't talked to in a while that you were really close with and you want to send a shout out to and say something to them. Let them know you're thinking about them. And as time has went on, you said, you know what? I'm going to say it to your face because I haven't told you in a while that I care about you. I love you. I'm thinking about you. I wish all the best and so forth. And we give them a shout out and we try to connect them to the show so they can listen to it and probably connect back with you after that. I say I give a shout out to my brother. He's in Canada. His name is Emmanuel Jow. He is a peace activist. He is just an amazing human being, one of the most amazing rappers, straight from South Sudan. And he does some amazing stuff. And uh, man, that's my brother. I love that dude so much. And uh, I haven't spoken to him in a bit. But definitely now that you made me think about it, I'm going to check in with him. Uh, he's dope. Emmanuel Jow. Y'all get a chance to check out his music. Check out what he's doing. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. Uh, Emmanuel Jow. He is an incredible human being. The world is definitely better by having people like him in the world. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's man. I love that dude. Love him to death. Love you, Emmanuel. Hi, Emmanuel Jow. Shout out from Demo Casanova. He just said it to your face from the Hanging at the House podcast. Demo, go ahead and give your your socials and your get at you's and uh, all that jazz. Yeah, well, if y'all listen, I, I, I'm on social media, but I'm not on social media. I only have social media in order to, if people ever have questions, they want to know, ask questions for me. I don't really post on, that's not the game I'm in. But if you ever want to reach out to me, you ever have a question, you ever want to strike up a conversation, I'm both on Facebook and on Instagram at Demo, D-E-M-O, Casanova, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A. You can also go to DemoCasanova.com. There's some stuff on there, too, if you want to reach out to me. But any of those ways, like I said, uh, if, if you follow me to try to see if I'm posting what I'm eating, I don't do none of that. But <laughs> if you got a question, if you have something that came up, you want to have a conversation, uh, hit me up on the messenger and i get you up. Now, when you get that sponsorship and endorsement from Doritos for those chips, you, you're going to have to post one picture, at least, with the bag. Yeah, like I have, I have, I've had people that want to take it over and do it. They're like, "Man, we'll do it." We're like, "We'll do it." And I, I just, I, I mean, eventually, I'll, I'll let someone do it. But right now, I don't. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I take it you. like I take it every so often, man. Like I take it like maybe every two weeks. I got it on. An, I, I don't even have it on my phone. I have it on a, one of the old iPods. Yeah. So okay. it's usually off, and then like every couple of weeks, I remember. I'm like, "Oh, let me check the messenger." Stuff. And then I'll check, and then you know I get a lot of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. when I when I open it, it's like a couple hours worth of responding to people. Because you know, if people take the time to write me. I'll, I'll take the time to write back and just kind of help them out wherever I can help out. You know, sometimes some people be like, "Man, I need to get on a call with you." So if I, you know, I'll figure out a way to get on the call and help somebody if I can. Man, I appreciate you getting so, on this call with us, man. Well, appreciate you having me, man. It's been great. I can't wait to see you again when everything opens back up. It's probably going to be back down on campus, maybe somewhere else. I don't know yet, but we're going to have to work that out. Um, uh, yeah, that's where we at. So let's get ready to wrap that up. This has been the episode. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, hanging at the house. 
Demo Casanova. He got to go over. And we will be back on the next episode. My guy did his thing. Um, I hope we giving out a lot of value, words of wisdom, and good energy to people around the globe. Anybody listening? And anything else you want to shout out real quick before we sign out? Man, love y'all. Be safe. Be honest. They will all be over soon, and we'll be all be better for it. Bless you to all of y'all. Thank you. Aight, 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 aight. And we are out. Y'all be easy. Peace.